If you'd like to move your body just a little bit, you're welcome to. Without losing this embodied mindfulness, feel free to adjust yourself. Let your body move within your own awareness. So awareness is not disturbed by the movements. Don't let the mind be disturbed by movements either. This talk is called Everyday Beauty, the art of turning the mystical into the ordinary. How many of us bypass sounds and sights to look for something else? We'd rather not hear a scrappy little dog, maybe a waterfall or something. We have these gifts of experience that are quite ordinary, yet they contain magic, the mystic. But most of the time we're looking for something big, dramatic, extraordinary. And we often and purposefully miss those sounds, sights, experiences that can lead us to right where we're feeling here, this tranquility, this sense of peace. Even when you place a small smile on the face as we did in the end of meditation, the sound of a dog becomes something joyful because your joy permeates that sound through awareness and that sound and you have a relationship now. And yet so many of us are looking for extraordinary signs or looking for experiences that blow our mind or open the heart wide. And in some sense, that's, that's a healthy curiosity for what more is out there. What have I not experienced? What can change this into something else? That's the dual way of looking at it. I would like to be something else. So I'm hoping this experience I'm about to do will change me from this to that. There's actually nothing wrong with that. It could be quite healthy to seek out a new experience or adventure or relationship to learn more about ourselves as we undertake that experience. Where we come into trouble is the craving for those experiences themselves to be the key to our awakening. And so often we find ourselves striving and reaching toward experiences, high states, whether that be from drugs or retreats or ecstatic dance or uh, diets. And none of these things in themselves at all are toxic. In fact, every one of those can lead us to this awakening we're seeking. Yet the craving for those things to be the thing that does it for us puts, puts us and everything else in the universe at a disadvantage because now you're craving, you're holding on, expecting one experience or one person or one piece of cake to do it for you. And when we actually have an ecstatic moment in those experiences, whether on plant medicine, dancing, 
skydiving, relating, making love, whatever it be that gives us that high, many of us hold on to that experience. We are elevated, we feel good, wide open, and then over time, of course, the contraction sets in, the disappointments come return, and we're left feeling dissatisfied again. And so then we look to another experience or we want to return back to the one we just did to get that same peak experience. We may have incredibly mystical experiences, dancing, relating, doing dishes, drumming on retreat, in a near-death experience, in a car accident. Any one of these experiences can give us a mystical understanding of the universe, showing us the underlying fundamental fabric of the universe. And yet, once we have those pieces, we often strive to get that feeling back rather than take that new puzzle piece and add it to our global kind of more uh, large sense of the world. We continue to crave the experience instead of turning that mystical or magical experience into something ordinary that we can now have every day. So many of us have experiences of telepathy or clairvoyance or, you know, maybe some of you are mediums and you channel other, other spirits around you. When we think of those as extraordinary, we lose the possibility of them being in our everyday life as a normal part of being human. These extraordinary states of mind can actually be ours in a very ordinary sense when we no longer crave the experience that we've had. We take what we've been given and we integrate it into our everyday life so now the universe is bigger and more rich and more vital and it's inside of us. And we don't have to seek things outside of us because we're finding it inside of us in a daily way, ordinary. We do seek these moments of oneness with all things and when we get it, we don't know what to do with it because you're not supposed to do anything with it. You let it be ordinary so that the mystical states of being that meditation do often provide become grounded in everyday living. So you're no longer surprised when you're thinking of a friend you haven't talked to in years and that friend calls in the next minute. You're like, obviously, that's just what happens in this way of being. So what do we need to do to turn the mystical states into ordinary ones is start realizing we have unlimited potential that craving gets in the way of. So when we use our mindfulness and concentration practices to witness ourselves craving, we can then go not present. Instead of, if your goal is presence, then everything else is not being present. If your goal is living in abundance, then craving is not living in abundance. So mindfulness trains our mind to focus. Concentration is sustained focus on one thing at one time. And so we can see the craving happening for these mystical states or these big moments that we want to change our life, that one diet that's going to finally put us on the health track forever. And those things might for a moment do something, but we have to return to ordinary living. So when you're finding yourself craving for these magical mystical states or this one experience that's going to change your life, Remember to come back to this present, very present moment. Settle into yourself. 
and allow the ordinary to be what you're seeking. Because then you have it everywhere, all the time. The Buddha taught very specifically that these magical, mystical states exist, but don't get caught on them. Don't let the cities, that those are the yogic states of telepathy, clairvoyance, levitation, reading the future. Don't let those things distract you from awakening yourself. But when they happen, they're happening. Notice. Be with them. Let them go as they pass. Integrate them into your understanding of the universe. The Buddha was very clear that these things will happen and let them go as they do so we can return to the magic of ordinary life happening. So I'd like to invite you to talk to each other about what magical, extraordinary states do you seek and crave and hold on to? Where is that a blessing in your life? Where, where have you found these incredible experiences uh, having changed and transformed you? And where does it become a kind of hindrance? where you start looking for those, holding on to them, seeking out more and more of those experiences rather than integrating them as ordinary, which is actually more profound than being in the state itself, is integrating an extraordinary state into the ordinary. That is profound. So I know it takes a while to get your vocal cords back up. It might be helpful just to look at each other and go, what the hell did he just talk about? But you kind of get it. We're turning, we're doing two things, extraordinary into ordinary. We're also looking at, are you craving the extraordinary? And does that get in your way of being in the everyday beauty? Go. April. So you're actually craving what? You're craving that peace to be, make what, and that might be extraordinary right well, now for you. The integration, So can you say a little more about what that integration might offer to you? What the embracing yeah, what the embracing, how that the leads to it. Yeah. Yeah. How was it today in this practice? Um, there, were, there were moments. What were those? Really uh-huh. sweet, gentle, just soft silence. Mm. So, can you bring your anxiety to that? Can you allow it to rest in that? Can you allow that to be an embrace around the anxiety? Just as the sounds are an embrace around us here? in the resting. Or yeah. work like avoiding? There's no avoiding anything. It's all happening in our realm of awareness. What awareness does is end up holding a large space for every experience that's arising. Awareness itself is full of well-being, gentleness, solace, that tranquility we're finding here. 
And everything that's arising inside of you is allowed to rest in that awareness. And what I often do is pair that intensity that I feel inside the anxiety, I pair it with that sweetness of the, of, of the awareness. So what we did was mindfulness, we concentrated, then we did, then we went into this open space of awareness where my anxiety lives just as it lives with that dog sound and these lights. And I pair that lovely scent, that lovely feeling of awareness with my anxiety. So when anxiety arises for me, so does that sense of awareness. And awareness has peace and it blends and it pairs with my anxiety. I'm not going to be without anxiety, but I can be with the peace of awareness at the same time. And some of us are looking for extraordinary moments. I'm going to bring it back to the talk that we're, we, we take lots of drugs or we do tons of dancing in hopes that we just find that peace we need and we might get it. But we don't know how to incorporate that back into our everyday lives. And so we're constantly seeking and returning to the seeking rather than into the integrating, bringing what we found into the ordinary life. How do I bring this awareness? How do I bring this vitality? How do I bring spirits into everyday waking life so nothing is outside of what I can handle? So I could be at peace with everything that's happening, even when I don't like it. Thanks. So we have some time. This is a talk that kind of covered a lot of things. Whatever you want to talk about that's relevant, please do share with each other. You're all very wise, amazing people. That's why we gather here. I'm just a starting off point. And we'll call it, or do you want to just do question and answer like that? Blake, I guess we're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I didn't plan for this, Blake. Um, just from what you guys were saying, um, this really reminded me of a couple of things uh, that I've heard recently from Ron Doss about, like, one was he said, he did this, like, new thing, it's amazing, uh, with uh, this musician, where it's like they put mm -hmm. him speaking to music, You guys know I swear off. Do you have a question? Uh, the question was, I guess, just like the loving everything but not every 
I can't speak to that. I, I don't know what he's referring to, and it doesn't feel intuitive at this moment to yeah. me, yeah. not having heard it and not knowing the context he's talking about. But I like your second piece also. And the striving for extraordinary experiences is also perfect. Yeah. And getting hooked on it is okay too. Does it help relieve suffering? No. But it's okay that we're doing it. Do we want to move our minds from seeking and craving to non-grasping, non-attachment, acceptance and surrender? That's the direction we want to head in our practice. So it's okay if you're seeking extraordinary experiences to try to transform yourself. And it's okay if you're holding on to those. Is it the most healthy and skillful? Probably not. Is there another way you can have an experience that blows your mind and then integrate and move forward without the seeking and craving for another one of those stimulant moments? Yes. That's what we're talking about. Skillfulness, helpfulness, healthfulness. It's what we want. It's just too many of us crave and, and really, we really crave to be different because we want more peace and that craving is the opposite of peace. So be cautious of the craving of any experience. Rebecca? You have a three-step process on what to do when you notice the cravings. Love it. You want three? I have five, but we'll do three. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding or not kidding? However many steps. Okay. The acorns model. First of all, you always start off with awareness. You, you can't change a thing. You can't notice anything without awareness. So we've always developing our awareness practices in here. To notice the sounds of hands rubbing, to notice the feeling of skin, to notice emotions arising, thoughts that we have, underlying beliefs, awareness. And then we soothe that craving. What does craving feel like? Tell me. Think of the thing you want most right now. Mm. Tension. Mm -hmm. What else? Aching. Aching? Yeah, there's an aching. What else? Lack. What's that? Lack. Lack. You feel a lack of? What does that feel like? What does lack feel like? Anxious. Anxious? Like a hole. Like a hole? This is... what? Obsessive? Like the mind keeps going? How does that feel in the body? Exhausting. Bitchy, self-hatred. You guys know what craving feels like? Okay. What's the medicine for what you all just said? Say it, go on. Embracing it, presence. Awareness. Can I ask you to just briefly put your hands on your heart and your chest? Think about the thing you want a lot. Think of that aching or the, all those things that come out when you're really craving something. And tell yourself, I, I know it's hard. It's okay. It's okay. Just let it go for now. Tell yourself that in your mind. The thing you're craving, let it go for now. Deep breath and rest. What did we all feel? Mm 
most of us. Relaxed. Chill. Release. Loosening. Comforting. What's that place? Acceptance. Love. What? Ease. Peace. Balance. Do you know that was 30 seconds? and you access what you've been longing for for probably most of our lives. 30 seconds, and it's right here. When craving comes up, you have to note all of those signals and signs you were just telling me, and you love yourself. You love yourself. And once you love yourself, the, the tension goes, and you can see a craving comes and goes like a wave. You don't have to press that button. You don't have to go buy the thing. You don't have to reach out. You get yourself more time to discern, is the thing I'm craving good, healthy, or not for me? Is the thing I really want, is this healthy, skillful, useful? Now I'm in a place I love myself. Now I'll discern, is this really good for me? If it is, I'll move forward. If it's not, I work on letting go, letting be. Is that good? Did you say twenty five? Yeah, that's enough for now. <laughs> 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 um, I feel that's awesome because we call that the suffering to end suffering and that means you get to work really hard at your practice to not crave enlightenment I really want to be liberated oh that means I have to practice even harder not to want liberation (laughs) you've done it now you know how to start practicing you get it? yeah wait till I'm enlightened. Everyone's going to (laughs) know. Yeah. There's lots of layers to our craving, even for enlightenment. And you know what? That's a good motivator. Fine. But you're only going to end up practicing more and letting go more anyway. So I'll work out for you. Yeah. Go ahead. And how do you discern when your craving for pleasure becomes a craving uh, for uh, over-pleasure, for just more stimulation? Mm-hmm. I think it's just tuning in with my body mm-hmm. and noticing, am I, am I feeling relaxed and open and ease right now? Or am I coming from a tightness? Great, so you're listening. That's another form of our practice. Discernment comes from listening and... Discernment is like, uh, uh, it's clarity. We have insight and wisdom. Discernment is using that clarity to understand which of the many directions we can head in. 
But then we have insight arising. It says, hey, I'm actually kind of anxious right now. This thing I'm craving for, I'm craving because I'm anxious and I want to soothe myself. So that's insight. Discernment is, so what do I do next now? I'm going to discern this thing I'm about to put in my mouth is actually going to increase uh, sugar. It's going to increase my blood sugar. It's going to make me have a spike and drop and I'm going to be really angry then. This is not the thing I want to soothe my anxiety. So you get to decide, you get to discern. Once you're aware, you notice that craving, you love on yourself. Yeah, actually, and it's fine. You don't have to do this before you eat an ice cream cone every single time. (laughs) But maybe, maybe that's your practice. But make that be your practice until you actually know who's eating the ice cream cone. Okay. And then all of this, I, I did want to bring back the magic and mystery of the universe is present in everything. When you get out of your own way and you stop craving something else than what you think it looks like, you're going to get woke up and you're going to have experiences that are actually extraordinary and they're just totally ordinary. So may you all have that. Good night and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you.